to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpel, a news director at APPA. Our guest in this episode is Ed Franciosa, who was appointed to serve as general manager of California Public Power Utility Modesto Irrigation District in March of last year. Ed, thanks for joining us on the podcast. My pleasure, Paul. Great. Ed, so to get our conversation started, and, I, and I've done this occasionally with other uh, executives at other public power utilities, and I always think it's beneficial to ask this question. So I wanted to get your comments on, on your career in public power leading up to your current role as general manager at Modesto Irrigation District. Sure. So I'm a registered professional electrical engineer in the state of California. I've always worked in the public sector my entire career. I started off uh, working at the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. Uh, Then I moved over to the California Energy Commission and then to the Sacramento Municipal Utility District, also known as SMUD. Uh, I joined MID back in 1997 as a senior electrical engineer. And uh, throughout my career here at MID, I progressed to to the trouble department supervisor. I did that for a short period of time. Then I became the electrical engineering manager for a few years. Uh, More recently, I spent uh, the last eight years or so as MID's assistant general manager for transmission and distribution. And uh, that division oversees the district electrical engineering department, line construction, trouble, substation and the metering departments. Then I initially served as the interim general manager at the onset of the pandemic. And then more recently, as you mentioned in March of last year, I was appointed as the general manager for MID. And as a GM, uh, I lead the district's uh, day-to-day operations. Uh, MID consists for a number of employees or about 400 uh, plus employees. And just for a little reference, uh, MID is a vertically integrated public utility. We serve more than 130,000 electric customers. We serve irrigation water to approximately 2,300 growers. And uh, that consists of about 60,000 acres. And we also treat and deliver wholesale water to the city of Modesto. Right now, we're, we're providing about 30,000 acre feet per year, but the capacity is to 67,000 acre feet per year is what the capacity for that water treatment plant is. In terms of, again, focusing now on your on your role uh, as general manager, what have been your priorities at the utility since you became general manager last year? I had uh, I have a few. The, the first one uh, comes to mind, and they kind of go together, is reliability, customer service, and safety. Uh, we do continue to provide rela- reliable power to our customers. We have reliability numbers that are very good. That we're some of the highest in the nation as far as reliability numbers. We do maintain a superior level of customer service. We're proud that we frequently receive letters from customers expressing how satisfied they are with their experience with MID, whether it's, you know, coming in to, to the lobby or, you know, having our field crews do repairs on, on an outage. Uh, so we're very proud of that. And then safety throughout my career, the safety of employees and customers has been number one on my priority list. I always emphasize to our employees that no job is so important that the safety must be must be compromised. I asked them if they, you know, if they need more time to do whatever they're doing, take that time. If they need help, get the help they need. But again, the goal is to make sure that people come into the the office or the work environment safe and they leave at the end of the day safely as well. 
you know, piggybacking on a couple other priorities. Uh, financial stability, obviously, is a is a big concern. We've been very lucky. I think um, it's actually more than luck. We actually had some smart folks at the organization over the last 10 years uh, that maintained, uh, you know, besides reliable power, we had financial stability where we hadn't had to raise rates in over 10 years. And during this time period, we had debt of about $1 billion that we were able to restructure down to about $500 million. And that's taken advantage of some of the low interest rates that were available. And also by using some energy supply hedging programs that helped us uh, be able to, again, pay down the debt and, and keep rates stable. Now, more recently, I think everybody's aware that natural gas prices and power supply costs have, have seen big jumps. And obviously, this is driving a sharp increase to our electricity cost. For reference, MID's power supply is more than half of our budget. And despite us making budget cuts to minimize the cost increases wherever we could, there was still a gap between the revenues and expenses. So we were faced with implementing the first rate increase in 10 years, and this was a 7% increase. And as you can imagine, uh, me being a new general manager, this was not something that that I took lightly. But again, uh, with the conditions around us, we had to go ahead and make that difficult decision. So 7% was a rate increase uh, for residential customers. Uh, the energy portion of their rates did not go up. We just changed the flat fee, the, the monthly connection fee, flat fee of $20 went up to $30, and they didn't see an energy increase uh, correlated to that. So by being financially savvy and making prudent decisions and minimizing impacts to our customers while still keeping the lights on will continue to be a top priority for me. I just had one more thing uh, I wanted to mention that, uh, you know, I do have a relatively long history with the district, 26 years, and I I think I'm in a real good position to uh, be a leader and motivator for for our employees. Uh, I do try to foster good communication throughout the organization and to our customers. And we do have a challenge right now that we have three brand new directors or the the board director consists of five members. Three of those are brand new. So we're going through the onboarding process, uh, helping them learn about MID and our operations, the industry, and uh, also helping them prepare for, for you know, opportunities and challenges that, that come our way. So the MID management team is, is obviously uh, having a big role in this, and we'll have a series of public workshops, and uh, this will help, obviously, to orient the directors, but also a good opportunity for our customers to learn more about MID. So I had two small follow-up questions on what you just talked about. Um, one, you mentioned uh, the natural gas price increases and also MID um, implementing a rate increase. Um, so I had two, two questions related. To that. One, um, you know, with respect to the rate increase, as you, as you noted, this is, uh, you know, an unusual step that you guys had to take. What, what's been kind of the communication strategy related to that with, with your customers? And then on the gas price increases, is that something, do you expect those to continue to fluctuate? So, uh, so the first question, uh, communication to our customers, uh, we, we've used all our means that we have. We, you know, we have bill inserts. Uh, we, we put notices and, and, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, those types of, of communication mediums that, that we have available. Also, we had a post in the local newspaper four weeks ahead of time on this rate increase. And the, and the interesting thing is that most people obviously don't like the rate increase. We, we've had some pushback, but I think 
customers realize that, you know, the fact that we haven't had a rate increase for so long, when people go to the grocery store, when they go to fuel up their, their cars or trucks, they see the price increase. So we're not really in a vacuum. I think they, they get to see that firsthand. Obviously, if, if the rate increases continue to take place, uh, things may be a little bit more challenging. But I think at least for, for this first rate increase that we've had, I think people have been mostly understanding of the of the circumstances. Uh, regarding the second follow-up question, natural gas prices, uh, that's a big unknown. We we have, you know, just uh, the, the last few days, uh, natural gas prices have, have gone through the roof. And, uh, you know, we do have natural gas fired uh, plants and, you know, we, we, we do have some hedging programs in place, but some of that also has to, to be, you know, on the spot market. So it will affect us if, if the trend continues to be up, uh, I think. MID and 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 just about everybody else in the business will have you know cost pressures going up. So so difficult question to answer, not knowing what will you know what the future will bring. Right, right, that makes sense. So in terms of you know preparing for this interview, one of the things that jumped out at me in terms of uh, relatively recent news is the fact that in November, um, California Natural Resources Agency announced that your utility, Turlock Irrigation District in California, and the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission signed a memorandum of understanding uh, to advance uh, what's known as the Tuolumne River Voluntary Agreement. So could you provide additional details on this agreement and, and how will your utilities customers benefit from the agreement? Sure. So uh, advancing the Tuolumne River Voluntary Agreement that has been a priority for MID and our partners for for quite a quite a, a while now. We we've actually signed the MOU and this was a big step forward. Um, but I want to give you a little background as to what this really means. So the State Water Resources Control Board uh, they ha- they issued the Water Quality Control Plan that calls for forty percent unimpaired flow in the Tuolumne River. Now, these flow marks a dramatic increase on the water release to the river for fish and wildlife, and the state's flow proposal would redirect water supplies away from our communities and without any recognizable benefits to the fish and the rest of the Delta ecosystem. So on the opposite side of the equation, the impacts to our communities are significant and potentially devastating. So we're fighting this in court. Now, the, the voluntary agreement or the VA is, uh, is parallel to this litigation. We continue to work with the state on the voluntary agreement, which would be the preferred alternative to the unimpaired, unimpaired flow paradigm that I just mentioned. Uh, in the VA, we provided a package of solutions, water, strategically time water flows, habitat restoration, and all this based on science to improve conditions. Now, this VA is projected to enhance the fish populations beyond what the, the state water quality control plan projects. So the VA uses the best available science. It's a combination of flow and non-flow measures. And this was the basis of the proposal we submitted back uh, to FERC, the Federal Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, five years ago when we started the relicensing process uh, for our Don Pedro project, which is MID's and TID's generation facility of approximately 200 megawatts on the Ptolemy River. The connection to the power on this complex water issue is that one of the final steps in the FERC relicensing process includes the state water board providing a water quality control certificate. So the goal is to have the terms of the VA roll into that water quality control certificate. 
Now, we have come to agreement on the major deal points with the state, but the work isn't done yet. So we're part of working groups to finalize the details, and we're hopeful that this will be adopted and provide certainty to our communities and provide improvements to the river. But obviously, you know, this is a parallel path. We won't drop our lawsuits until we have the ironclad VA, and ultimately the State Water Board accepts and adopts this agreement. Thanks for those details, Ed. In terms of my wrap-up question for this interview, I wanted to kind of maybe take, take a step back and, and look at kind of a big picture in terms of the state of play for the utility sector in, in your state as well as the country. So, I mean, what do you see as the biggest challenges facing the utility sector over the next few years, both in California and in the U.S.? Oh, I think we have a number of challenges. Again, talking, uh, you know, about inflation, cost pressure, supply chain issues. Uh, that's been hitting us pretty hard. You know, we see that in our daily lives again, but also as a ut- electric utility industry, we're, we're seeing this. Uh, natural gas prices, supply costs, we talked about that. Um, the supply chain issues, uh, we continue to see some challenges with distribution transformers and electric meters. Uh, we we been somewhat fortunate. We planned ahead long enough to where it's an issue. Uh, We've had to to make some modification to the number of electric meters we provide to our customers. Uh, We're one of a few utilities that provide uh, both a solar meter and a house meter to each residential customer. And we've, because of the the supply shortage, we've only been installing one meter and uh, just putting a, a bypass meter for the solar portion of the installation. On substation transformers, uh, it's actually interesting. Our plan was that we would need a 230 to 69 kV substation transformer in the next couple of years. And as we're getting ready to, to incorporate that into our planning and budgeting process, we just found out that the lead time went from about 18 months to 36 months. So that we're talking about three years. So uh, that's hitting us a little hard. And we're actually going to the board uh, tomorrow. We have a board meeting tomorrow to ask for the board to authorize the purchase of this transformer three years ahead of time so we could go ahead and place the order with delivery, like I said, three years out. Mm. But uh, by the way, I wanted to thank you for APPA's advocacy, your network and resources as you continue to help public power agencies like us deal with these supply chain issues. On uh, renewable energy mandates, I think that's something that we have here in California and maybe not everybody in the entire nation, but you know, as California continues to move away from, from natural gas and uh, requiring more renewables, uh, we're you know, we, we are modifying our portfolio. And just for reference, uh, by the year 2024, 44% of the energy must be renewable. By the year 2027, it'll be 52%. And by the year 2030, it'll be 60%. Now, we're on track to meet our targets, but uh, we do continue to look for opportunities to expand our energy portfolio. I think most folks also heard about electric vehicles. That's another mandate here in the state of California. I think this provides both a challenge and an opportunity as more of our customers are entering into the electric vehicle market. uh, We do offer EV time of use rates to help them uh, perhaps, you know, offset some of their gas costs with electric for their vehicles. Uh, We provide some rebates to assist with the cost of installing these EV chargers at home. You know, the, the state is banning 
gas-powered vehicles by the year 2035. So that will be a big hit. And I think everybody in California is starting to, to try to come up with ways to be able to be ready for the increased consumption as each year we would add about 2 million vehicles to to California's uh, transportation. Uh, just for a little reference, uh, California has about 22 million cars on the road. So yearly sales are about 2 million, 2 million cars per year. So it'd be about 10 or 11 years before all the cars, uh, or I should say all, most of the cars become electric in, in California. And the last challenge I just want to mention here in closing would be that, you know, uh, recruitment and retention. Uh, we are having some challenges finding qualified candidates. Uh, it's getting harder uh, to find uh, salary and benefits. I think we're competitive. Uh, relocation has been a challenge for us to be able to attract folks into California. You know, not only does California have a high cost of living, uh, some folks from out of state are not too happy with California politics. So that's a little bit of a challenge for us to be able to recruit from the outside. Uh, but on the retention side, uh, that's also just as important. We, we have to maintain competitive salaries and benefits and then also provide a, a safe and gratifying work environment. So that, those are the things that, that we strive for here. A couple of quick follow-up questions. So with respect to EVs, I apologize if you already touched on this, but um, are you seeing you know, any kind of dramatic increase in terms of, of, of customer interest in those? Yeah, I think we're seeing an uptick. Um, you know, the there was a little bit of a change at the federal level. The rebates or, or how much you can offset offset in your federal taxes, I think um, that threw a little bit of a monkey wrench into the progress. But electric vehicles in California, the, they are, you know, I think we're leading the state. I personally uh, drive a, a small EV. It's a limited range, but it's really great for me to put around town. And uh, the cost that, that I was able to pay for this car after all the, the, the rebates and all the incentives uh, made it worthwhile for me. So I, I think we'll continue to see that. And California has a, a really well-developed infrastructure for electric vehicles. Not perfect, but it's it's probably, uh, I would think it's probably the best in the nation as far as uh, EV infrastructure. I mean, one of the things with EVs that, that's, that strikes me is that customer education is really going to be key as, as they continue to get um, deployed throughout the country. And so do you have any sense as to, you know, in your area, the level of knowledge that the customers have in terms of, you know, terminology like off-peak, on-peak charging, that type of thing? I think they're they're uh, becoming more sophisticated. A few years ago, probably not as much, but uh, especially as things become more and more expensive, people are looking for ways to save money. And price of gas, uh, you know, right now it's down to about four dollars in California, but it it was high as five six dollars for for gas. Diesel is still close to six dollars here in California. So when you look at that, and you look at the capability of you know having an electric vehicle, perhaps offsetting some of the fuel cost, uh, I think people are starting to, you know, do the calculations and, and trying to see if it pencils out. Again, MID, uh, our rates are very low compared to uh, a big investor-owned utility that, that's neighboring us. So when you do the calculations, um, it, it really does pencil out to have an electric vehicle with, uh, with the high gasoline prices that, that we see. 
And and the only other follow-up question I had for you is um wanted to know, you know, we 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 cover energy stores pretty regularly in APPA's newsletter and and in California in particular, we've had a lot of uh, coverage of, of member utilities in that state pursuing energy storage projects. I was wondering, is that something, uh, is, is storage something you guys are looking at or would consider down the road? We are not taking a direct uh, investment in that. We are looking to see what other utilities are doing. Uh, we do have some uh, requests for proposals that came back uh, with uh, you know, renewable energy with storage. So right. we're taking advantage of that. Uh, but we are seeing what other folks are doing, and, and hopefully we can learn from their progress, mistakes, et cetera, and then we'll go ahead and, and you know be able to be a little bit more efficient once we see what others go through. Okay, great. Well, Ed, this has been a great conversation, very illuminating, and you have an open invitation to return as a guest at some point in, in the future. Well, thank you, Paul. Much appreciated. Sure thing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now, which is produced by Julio Guerrero, graphic and digital designer at APPA. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and we'll be back soon with more from the world of public power. 